0: 1 Samuel chapter six through chapter seven, verse two. The ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners and said, what shall we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us, with what shall we send it to its place? They said, if you send away the ark of the God of Israel, do not send it empty, but by all means return him a guilt offering. Then you will be healed, and it will be known to you why his hand does not turn away from you. And they said, What is the guilt offering that we shall return to him? They answered, Five golden tumors and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines, for the same plague was on all of you and on your lords. So you must make images of your tumors and images of your mice that ravage the land And give glory to the God of Israel. Perhaps he will lighten his hand from off you and your gods and your land. Why should you harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? After he had dealt severely with them, they did not send the people away and they departed. Now, now then take and prepare a new cart and two milk cows on which there has never come a yoke. And yoke the cows to the cart, but take their calves at home away from them. And take the ark of the Lord and place it on the cart and put in, put in a box at its side, the figures of gold, which you are returning to him as a guilt offering. Then send it off and let it go its way and watch. If it goes up on the way to its own land, to Beth Shemesh, Then it is he who has done us this great harm. But if not, then we will know that it is not his hand that struck us. It happened to us by coincidence.
1: The men did so and took two milk cows and yoked them to the cart and shut up their calves at home. And they put the ark of the Lord on the cart and the box with the golden mice and the images of their tumors. And the cows went straight in the direction of Beth Shemesh along one highway, lowing as they went. They turned neither to the right nor to the left, and the lords of the Philistines went after them as far as the border of Beth Shemesh. Now the people of Bethshemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley, and when they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark, they rejoiced to see it. The cart came into the field of Joshua of Bethshemesh and stopped there. A great stone was there. And they split up the wood of the ark and offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. Mm. And the Levites took down the ark of the Lord and the box that was beside it, in which were the golden figures, and set them upon the great stone. And the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and sacrificed sacrifices on that day to the Lord. And when the five lords of the Philistines saw it, they returned that day to Ekron.
0: These are the golden tumors that the Philistines returned as a guilt offering to the Lord. One for Ashdod, one for Gaza, one for Ashkelon, one for Gath, one for Akron, and the golden mice, according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines belonging to the five lords, both fortified cities and unwalled villages. The great stone beside which they set down the Ark of the Lord is a witness to this day in the field of Joshua of Bethshemesh
1: and he struck some of the men of Bethshemesh because they looked upon the ark of the lord he struck 70 men of them and the people mourned because the lord had struck the people with a great blow then the men of Bethshemesh said who is able to stand before the lord this holy god and to whom shall he go up away from us so they sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiriath-jearim saying The Philistines have returned the Ark of the Lord. Come down and take it up to you. And the men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took up the Ark of the Lord and brought it to the house of Abinadab on the hill. And they consecrated his son Eleazar to have charge of the Ark of the Lord. From the day that the Ark was lodged at Kiriath-Jerim, a long time passed, some 20 years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Well, thanks be to God. And if you're still listening, thanks to you <laughs> thanks for to you. sticking with us through a long Old Testament it was a, story. It was a long passage. Yeah. But it, I feel like we handled it fairly well. You know, I uh hopefully, yeah, yeah. I mean you got a you got a Beth Shemesh in there. Yeah. You got a Kiriath jerum. We got golden tumors. We got golden, golden tumors and golden mice. You know, we don't know if we're pronouncing half of these things correctly, but... Probably not. Yeah, you just go you just go at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, First Samuel 6. Very interesting story of the ark that is returning mm-hmm. to Israel. And like you talked about yesterday, Will, it's really returning back to Israel on its own. Mm-hmm. There's not the army of Israel that comes after it, or even the Levites, the priests... Yeah that come chasing after it and try to strike up a deal with the Philistines yeah. or whatever to get it back. Uh, it, it just, the arc starts getting passed around from city to city. And, and you know, if, if you didn't zone out while we were reading the passage, <laughs> uh, there were five Philistine cities that were mentioned. And so it gets passed around. Like you talked about yesterday, a little, little, little game of hot potato. Yeah. And, uh, and it turned out to be very bad for all those five yeah. cities. And so, uh, the ark ended up kind of returning by itself mm-hmm. to the people of Israel and uh very interesting i mean you just mentioned it but um the the kind of d- diviners and the priests of the Philistines said that don't just return it empty send some yeah. send some goodies with yeah. it <laughs> And what, what better goodies than five golden
0: tumors, which the the word for tumors here is uh, closely related to hemorrhoids. Okay? okay. So we got five golden hemorrhoids and five golden mice.
1: So five hemorrhoids. So my
0: parents gave me on my 10th birthday. <laughs>
1: <Five>. <laughs> oh my goodness. Some I golden mean, hemorrhoids. I, I'm sitting there trying to like picture what a tumor looks like. I yeah. mean- You actually just put a very different image in my mind when you translated it as hemorrhoids. Yeah, and so well, Google
0: it. Like that's like uh, Thomas is actually the one who told me that. uh, Okay, Thomas Nelson. Yeah, and then I googled it because I was like, surely it's not hemorrhoids, right? And then I looked it up, and according to the internet, which is always true, especially in biblical matters, correct, it is hemorrhoids.
1: Okay, all right. So, um, so interestingly enough, you know, the Ark doesn't return, uh, empty, but Mm -hmm. it actually comes with, you know, five golden hemorrhoids and five golden mice that were destroying these five cities, Mm. uh, that were kind of passed around the Philistine cities. So a very interesting passage. I I mean, take us, take us through a little bit. Will, of like what we might be able to kind of take away or learn from this, uh, interesting passage chapter. Yeah. Well,
0: I love, you know, the Philistines, they're not, they're not willing to even take this thing back to Israel. Like they're like, just throw it on a cart, put some cattle on it. And if it ends up where it's supposed to go, then it was God. If not, then not our problem. Uh, and you know, it's kind of, in my mind, it's almost like, the modern day equivalent is like they put in the back of a pickup truck and like put a brick on the gas pedal. And they're like, (laughs) if it ends up in Chattanooga, right. You know, put on 75. And if it makes it, then God's driving. And if it's not, then
1: it was total coincidence. It's not in Atlanta
0: anymore. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. And then, you know, we find out that the ark does go to Beth Shemesh that the Lord does drive the cart. And, you know, I, to kind of conclude this theme that we've been talking about the this is the lord you know demonstrating his complete independence like he's before the nation of israel he's before all people he does not need people to Hmm. you know guide him carry him around places and rub the genie lamp to wake him up right but he actually you know he as we hear of Christ in revelation he is the ruler of the kings of Earth hmm. and you know just with his hand he can wreak such ha- uh havoc and you know that's what we see here is he he completes this work he he comes back home and then um or to Beth shemesh and then many of these men are are struck down like this is mm-hmm. not um necessarily a, a joyful pretty sight hmm. and it it seems that these Levites are are kind of they get some shock therapy back into the fear of the Lord, mm. you know, a practice that they had
1: fallen out of. Right. You know, it's it's interesting to think of this story in terms of Jesus Himself, and so just want to take a a, a minute to to show the similarities between the mm. coming of Jesus. The son of God who became man in the person of of Jesus of Nazareth, because in this story, you have the Ark of the Covenant that represents the presence of the Lord. It leaves, you know, the Philistines take it away. So it leaves Israel and Phineas's wife has the baby and names it Ichabod. And she is aware that like the glory of the Lord, the presence of the Lord has departed from the people of Israel. And so in that in that moment they are Israel is living in their land and yet they do not have the presence of the Lord with them. When Jesus is born, okay? Mm-hmm. Some what probably 1500 years or or more after this scene. So when Jesus is born, it's a, actually a very similar situation that's going on in Israel. Mm-hmm. Because the Israel, at the end of the Old Testament, they are they are taken into exile and um, the, Jerusalem is destroyed. The temple is destroyed. And then when Jesus comes on the scene, Israel is back in their land. So they have returned from exile. They went off to Babylon. They've now returned back to Israel and they have a temple in Israel. And yet there is no recorded instance that the presence of the Lord a- actually is is made manifest in that temple. Mm-hmm. And so basically you have this temple, you have Jerusalem, you have Israel, and there is no evidence that the presence of the Lord is actually in their midst. Mm-hmm. And then when Jesus comes on the scene, he he says crazy things like in John 2, he says, you know, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And essentially what Jesus is saying is that he is going to replace the temple in his person, yeah. So he is actually the replacement of the temple, uh, and and so the coming of Jesus, it, it really is kind of like this ark that is coming back to the people of mm-hmm. Israel. This presence of the Lord that is returning to Israel. Yeah. In the same way, Jesus is is the presence of the Lord that is returning to Israel after a very long period of silence, yeah, um, of the presence of the Lord not being in Israel. And so it's a very interesting uh, comparison of of this passage with kind of what's going on with Jesus and his ministry. Absolutely. And sometimes I think we miss that. Sometimes I think we, we think of Jesus in terms of, you know, when Jesus, when, when Jesus was born, we kind of think in terms of like, he was a hundred percent God and a hundred percent man. And that's definitely true and and foundational for our faith. Yeah. However, we can lose the fact we can lose sight of the fact that this is actually like god returning the presence of the lord returning to his people and without it you know there is no salvation there is no hope in the land of israel and the amazing thing about jesus is that he comes not only provides hope for the land of israel but actually ends up providing hope for the entire world absolutely you know i i was just thinking of
0: malachi as you were kind of talking about that which is Mm -hmm. malachi's the last book in the old testament and it's the last prophecy um before 400 years of of silence and it it ends, you know, basically the whole book is this indictment against Israel that they are that they're robbing God, that they're serving God with an insincere heart, and um withholding true and befitting worship to God, which is what we see here in first Samuel. And so as with most of the books of prophecy, there's some heavy handed punishment that the Lord prophesies. And then this is the end of the Old Testament. These are these are the last words um, before, you know, the, the next thing that breaks the silence is Matthew 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Hmm. But, so what is the last thing we hear? Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers lest i come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. And so the before this this great time of silence we hear this this promise yeah. of there's going to come this this person who will restore unity mm. before the great judgment. Yeah. And that is, you know, how how awesome. And then the ark returns to to Beth Shemesh and it strikes down these these you know these men are struck down like it is there is terror in its wake and you know we see a similar thing with the return of the ark to Jerusalem when David is king um Uzzah reaches out to touch the ark to stabilize it and and he is struck down and David is filled with anger and fear of the Lord like the the presence of God is an awesome and terrifying mm. thing and yet in christ we can we are made confident to to approach the throne room to approach the presence of god because when he enters into the world when yeah. when the presence of god when the glory returns he is crushed he is struck down right for our sake right
1: no that's that's a great point i, I mean it is interesting how the presence of god goes around the ark of the covenant goes around in these five cities and it just wreaks havoc. And then the the ark gets back to Israel, the people of God, yeah. and is actually the source of life mm. for them in their midst. Mm. And so that is what the presence of God is for all of us, yeah. uh, through Jesus and through the giving of the spirit that we receive uh for those of us who've surrendered our lives to Jesus yeah we we experience the presence of God and it's it's um, you know if we're living in sin there is a definitely a convicting side of that and there may be tumors and <laughs> and different things that yeah. happen in different forms but for those of us who are following Jesus, the presence of God, you know the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Spirit as it were residing within our our very persons, is our source of peace amen. and hope and joy in life yeah so well this was a a great story and i can honestly say i yeah. i don't know if we'll say the word hemorrhoid again on an our daily rhythm <laughs> but we did say it a few times today <laughs> yeah we did but i hope that you got something other than that out of this our daily rhythm I amen all right for will carlisle i'm barrett fisher thanks for listening to our daily rhythm
0: 1737 or
1: email me directly at jason at christ covenant dot com we'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm